Welcome to Spider-Man and his amazing fans. I'm Bry Guy. I'm Jason. Today's episode, The Spider Slayer. Alrighty then, Bry Guy. Here we go. Hello, here we are. Here we are in the middle of 1994 all no, over again. Uh, no, the late the end no, of late November of 94. Yeah. I, interesting. I, I'm just like, I've got the rundown in front of me, the uh, mm-hmm. the rundown. You know what? And while I'm looking at this, if you don't mind just punching it into you, like your calendar or something like that, because I remember too from last week, we t- we were talking and trying to remember like what w- did this show premiere on Saturdays or was it or was it a different day anyway? There's a big gap, number one. Episode yep. number one, early September. Episode two doesn't drop until the end of November, like the the, the 27th of November in 1994. Um, so, A, oh, I'm wondering what day of the week that was. That was a Sunday. So, I wonder where, where and when this was airing, because mm-hmm. I remember watching it after school, and uh-huh. I do remember seeing an episode or two on a Saturday morning. Yeah, but yeah. it was, and I don't know how syndication really works. I know that, like, mm-hmm. in our modern TV landscape, after a show reaches 100 episodes, it's eligible to be syndicated. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it was that way in the 90s, cause, or if it got syndicated right away. Or, or if it's different with animated. You know? Right, I mean, right, that, right. that's possible, too. But yeah, okay. there was a big gap between yeah. episodes one and two. You're you're right on that. Yeah. Uh, but we get um, we get the introduction of some more uh, kind of principal characters uh, in mm-hmm. this episode, uh, which I think is fun. Um, and uh, uh, most notably, we have the uh, the Smythe family: Spencer and uh, Alistair. 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 Yeah, Alistair. Right. Yeah. Alistair. Well, however you say that. I mean, it's, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, I, ca- characters that I will admit not, I'm not super familiar with. Like, I don't, I, I don't really, I, I didn't remember ever reading about them in comic books. Do we, do you remember these guys? No, no, not at all. I, I only okay. know of them from, from this show. From this show. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, and we also get the Osbournes and Felicia Hardy and other characters. Mm-hmm. But Flash yeah. Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kingpin. Kingpin, nice intro for the Kingpin. So, I mean, the the big things happening here. Um, it's interesting because it's uh, it's a it's sort of <laughs> to uh, use a pun that will probably get overused on this podcast. There is a web of villains <laughs> involved here. <laughs> yes, there we, there there are layers, right? We've got uh, so we've got these. the The show opens, and Spidey is being pursued by. These little flying robots, uh, yep. the, these little winged things, they look like they're maybe about the size of like a softball, right? Or yeah, maybe, a, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah, I don't know. That's fa- safe. To right say. around yeah. there. And we find out later these are called spider seekers, but they're an invention of the aforementioned Spencer Smythe. The Smythe family, yeah. Uh, and, and Spencer, we learn through some, uh, uh, through some uh, helpful uh, uh, exposition from his son, is the world's foremost expert on robotics. That's right. That's foremost, right. Brian. The foremost. He's not, not, the, not the five, the, not or the, the three, three or the six most. He's the foremost. <laughs> the foremost. Yes. Um, and he he's created these things. He's been uh, he's basically been hired by Norman Osborn to uh, track down and capture Spider Man. Who they, uh, who who Norman is is saying? Well, he's a, he's a villain. He's a criminal working outside the law. We want to bring mm-hmm. him to justice. Okay, right. He's a vigilante. Vigilante, yep. yes. And um 
and and Spencer is fine with that. Uh, but what we don't, what Spencer is not privy to uh, in the early goings is that Norman is actually working for the Kingpin. The Kingpin, um, yes. Who is who basically wants Spider-Man uh, out of the picture for obvious reasons. If you know who the Kingpin is, and right, um, if you're listening to this podcast at this point. Uh, we hope you know who the kingpin is, or uh, go pick up uh, an issue of Daredevil um, yeah. from whenever. Um, right, right. Take or Spider Man. Or, or Spider Man. And just yeah. give it a read. Yeah, so um, we get a lot of people, like you said, Jason, introduced. And I liked the people working together mm-hmm. to take down Spider Man. We, get, we yeah. get the Smythe family and Norman Osborn. And to a lesser degree, not too much, we get Harry later. Harry Osborn, um, we mm. get an introduction to him as well. But I did yeah. like that they're all working together. And you mentioned in your notes, not something we normally see in the series that we've watched. Up yeah, the, the 80s series, I mean, every villain was like a one-off, right? Unless mm-hmm. they, and I'm trying to remember if there were even any occasions where there was more than one villain in an episode of the uh, of the 80s shows. Nothing comes to mind for me, but... So if something like that happened, it was forgettable. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Um, yep. No, but it, it really it kind of makes uh, makes things seem a lot more formidable and yeah. uh, and significant more stakes more, yeah. more stakes uh, bigger bigger uh, thing to do for Spider Man. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. And um, we also get the introduction pretty early in this episode i have it at the three and a half minute mark of felicia hardy who mm, will mm-hmm. become a villain right, right she right. she is black cat eventually nowhere near it now i think this is yeah not only the introduction of her into the show but i think these characters are meeting her for the first time as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's so. it seemed like a it sounds like peter parker knows her from college Oh, that's right. They, he says they go to college together. They that's go right. to college yep. together, and she's kind of she's kind of into Spider Man. Although she's dating Flash Thompson mm-hmm. in this iteration, right? And yes, yes. Um, but she like so she is, um, and apparently she comes from money uh, mm-hmm. here too because she her family is uh, her family is basically uh, I guess I don't know sponsoring or or hosting. Not hosting, because yeah, there's they're they're putting on this charity uh, event that actually J. Jonah Jameson is hosting at his house. At his, I guess at, I, I, right. it, that that was a little foggy to me, but it seemed like it was his home. And and again, mm-hmm. I'll never truly know what a newspaper editor does because I didn't know that was part of their job description to to have you know galas at one's home. You know, <laughs> if you're if you're running with the right kind of people, Brian, you never know when you might have to have a gala. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Those caviar dreams and champagne wishes, you know. <laughs> exactly, uh, but but yeah, that's when we meet Felicia. Is when she's in the office, kind of ironing out the last details with Jameson, and she says, "Well, we need a photographer." And he's like, "Well, actually, I think it was Robbie who said to Jonah, well, you know, you got uh, Parker.'" And he's like, "Ugh, Parker. Can he take pictures of anything besides Spider-Man?" Ah. I think that was his that was his sick burn. Yeah, on, on Peter right. Parker. Can he do anything besides the thing I pay him to do? <laughs> and, and he comes in, and Felicia's like, "Peter Parker." Oh my! Well, right. and Peter <laughs> yeah. too is like, "How you doing?" Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's in 1994, very, it's right. It's right in there, yeah, Brian. How it's, you do it? It's exactly it where it needs we're to be. All, we're all walking around in 1994 <laughs> saying that. 
it was a thing. Could it be any more of a catchphrase, Jason? Oh no, no, that's <laughs> that's everything. Yeah, we get to we we get these people, and yeah, the, she's dating Flash, but she's really into Peter. Uh, yeah, and they they even like at the gala, they they're dancing. She kisses him. Uh, before the Spider Slayer smashes in and kind of starts wreaking havoc. Kisses Peter. Kisses Peter, yeah, sorry, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah she, she definitely is a, an an aggressive flirter, I'd say. I Yeah, yeah, you know, and more power to her. You know, she's yeah, a 90s go, gal. Go, uh, yeah, go yeah. for it. She sees what she wants and she goes for it. I do have to say, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think she says something like, I'm full of surprises or... Something like that, and then she. Oh, says, and then she says, "What do you think of this surprise?" This surprise, yes. Boom! Yeah, plants one on him. Yeah, that's a good line. That's that a good was line. Very Joey Tribbiani as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear him saying that also. <laughs> and you know this. Uh, this speaks a little bit, I think, to your your point la- that you made last week about how Peter is. Uh, pretty hot in this show you know oh, like right like yeah. you know he's just he's a, he's a good looking character and right. uh the the ladies like him um and and it, it that seems to uh keep going his way here so yeah and they like him as peter not just as spider-man correct and, yeah there, and there's there's less of a difference and this is the point i was making last week there's less of a difference between peter and spider-man than we're probably used to you know like right, he, right. He, he just puts on the suit and he's he doesn't really change anything else. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. He's as confident as Peter Parker as he is as Spider-Man. He's as witty. And yeah, he's yeah. broad-shouldered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. So what's to not like? You know, exactly. I ask you, ladies. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. So uh, the the real reason we find out or that we that we get told, uh, like the, the, real, the big, real big reason that the Smythe uh, clan is involved with this uh, spider slaying operation is uh, there was so, there was some sort of accident in a previous lab where Spencer the dad feels responsible for uh, uh, something that that seemed to have turned his son Alistair into a uh, paraplegic or right or a wheelchair wheelchair bound person yes right right with Spencer it's like a means to an end right because oh, right right he's yep. just he he's like well I'll just you know, bring Spider-Man to justice, whatever, I don't care. And then, and then we're going to get the money from Norman to, uh, make this, uh, fancy schmancy wheelchair that he wants to, that he wants to build for, right. for his son, right. which right. that'll I, be better than walking. Right. And I said, uh, you know, also could have <laughs> just talked to Charles Xavier up there in Westchester. Cause, uh, I, w- I was thinking the same thing because mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe, there's not that many characters in wheelchairs. You think they, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm would know of each other right right <laughs> you know? yeah yeah they're they, they you know if they're not like in in the same club you know probably on a lot of the same mailing lists right yes yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think yes yeah so that's that's what he's going for as we as we move through all these you know the layers of this story that happened one thing that I noted is that I was because I, I've kind of trained myself to look at it a little bit critically i'm i was buying everything like was there anything yeah. in here that like that where you were like that seems pretty stupid like i didn't no. have a moment like that in this episode my only complaint um as far as believability goes was the hairstyles <laughs> of the men <laughs> um i don't understand jason why do norman and harry like is that a dominant gene the haircut with like the stripes in it 
<laughs> because both Norman and Harry have that. <laughs> and they've both got the male pattern baldness. Like yes, it, yeah, the widow's peak is at the exact same spot. So when Harry was born, was he like, that? it's a boy, and he had that haircut? <laughs> and if we're speaking about hair, which yeah. I know is the most important reason to watch yeah. the show, yeah. what was going on with Alistair Smythe's hair? Oh. Like, that was that was like a, a MacGyver kind of thing. He would, be, he would be so in right now, Brian. Do you know how many kids are walking around with mullets now in 2021? Really? Oh, I man. don't because I don't I don't associate with the it's, youth. It's insane. So I don't. <laughs> it's insane. The really? it, you would think you, you would think Brian, you would think it was 1985 out there. Really? And that and that white snake was very popular. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's first weird. mustaches. It's first weird. mustaches and now this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's everything's coming back around. Yeah, no, he's rocking a pretty bad mullet bad like as in not good not right. bad as in awesome <laughs> right exactly not like not michael jackson bad right but like but 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 bad at webster's bad yeah <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy um yeah but like i said i, I don't know there, there there were nothing in here no. really uh bothered me it was all everything came together really well and i'm like gosh the, you know I, I as as a grown up, I am really enjoying this episode. Same. I I didn't take many notes or have a whole lot of timestamp things because I was so excited by the action. And you know, we talked about this off the air too. Someone like us in their forties who has grown up reading, consuming, watching Spider Man in, in almost every iteration that we can. There's a lot of really good fan service in this too. I sure. Think. Mm-hmm, we we mm-hmm. get. We get the mention of MJ. We get the beginnings of Norman Osborn and what he'll become. We get Brock and uh, a little bit of uh, motivation for him to venom up in probably a very mm-hmm. short amount of time. We get, you know, Flash Thompson and Aunt May and all the people that we read about in the canon mm-hmm. of Spider-Man mm-hmm. in those comic books. So sure. I don't know if that's what they were going for was to make people like us happy who knew Spider-Man or if they were trying to make this an entry point into mm-hmm, Spider-Man mm-hmm. lore. But I'll be honest, I think it works both ways. Yeah, I really yeah. do. You know? Yeah. No, it does. It does. You and you kind of feel you you feel a sense of uh uh especially at this early point in the series, right? You you start to feel a, a sense of trust that they are caring about uh what you know from comic books or or the characters that you're familiar with. You you get a sense that they're that they're invested in the same source material that you are. If right. you see all those people and they're, and they're kind of put together in the right way, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. I think it was written by people who really have a, a, a reverence mm-hmm. for, for Spider-Man, which yeah. I didn't yeah. feel that way with Spidey. Well, maybe a little bit with Spider-Man and his amazing friends, but certainly not Spidey 81. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I agree with you there. One of the things that they, that they throw in uh, and they're doing, they're doing this, I think throughout. And if you read the, uh, some of the descriptions, there's some really good descriptions out on Wikipedia of the, of uh, not just like summarizing uh, the episodes, but also uh, kind of connecting back to uh, some of the uh, uh, comic book uh, reference points uh, mm-hmm. for the plots and so on. Uh, and the the one with Flash Thompson, which I think we've seen it we've seen it at least twice now because they did it in Amazing Friends too. 
there's a point it, very early in the ama- in Amazing Spider-Man. I think they said it was Amazing number five. Twenty-five. Where, I'm looking right here. Yep. Okay. Yep. Where Flash dresses up as Spider-Man mm-hmm. um, to I don't know intimidate or freak out Peter or something like that. And they right. they did that in Amazing Friends for kind of a different reason. They did it here. They they're uh, it, I mean it's it's not the the motivation is not exactly the same and it doesn't fit into the plot of this episode exactly the same as it did in the comic book but right. it, it but they they find a way to work it in you know and it's just it's kind of a quintessential flash thompson thing right it's like right. flash it, it, really is into spider-man he he it's it, he's a funny character because he hates peter parker but he right. he loves spider-man that was a cool thing i it was and it actually made me laugh there's one point where the black widow robot Mm-hmm. is going after Flash as Spider-Man. Yeah. And and he he says like I, I I'm not the real guy. I can't climb walls. I can't spin webs. <laughs> right. And I was like he literally can't do whatever a spider can. <laughs> he cannot do anything a spider can. <laughs> but I thought that was like he just goes through the resume of Spider-Man. I was like nope, can't do that. Can't do Spidey sense, never heard of it. <laughs> I think great I think, power, don't know about it. <laughs> I think he even like gropes at the wall too, right? And like <laughs> shows and like see i can't i don't stick see i'm not him yeah and and that we got yeah. in the amazing friends portrayal of flash as spider-man as well where he yeah, just that's went right. up to a wall and just started moving his hands right right frantically oh god <laughs> um but yeah i liked that whole a- a fla- um, flash aspect that, for sure that reminds me there is that there is one thing that i thought was a little you know wonky about the way that it's that the the spider slayer angle is handled so so the spider the 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 thing is the we the show opened with the spider seekers the little softball guys yep and spencer norman gets all upset because spider-man gets away from those and he smashes all of them whatever and Norman's like, well, you blew it. And Spencer says, no, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I've proven I can find Spider-Man with the Spider-Seekers. And it, it's no big deal. We're going to use this big Black Widow thing to mm-hmm. actually catch Spider-Man. And that's all well and good. But what was what I thought was a little funny and I and made me crinkle my brow was that later on, it's it's the, the reason that they take the Spider-Slayer to the charity gala is because they see Flash Thompson as Spider-Man walk into the building. So it seems like, I think just, is he just sending out cameras, like just to actually look for Spider-Man? Right. That's yep. Oh, we got him. Yep, we got him. That's your, <laughs> that's your formula. Just lots of cameras on robots. Right, or they thought, well, this gala is going to attract a lot of attention. Maybe right. Spider-Man will just be there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that was, that was the one moment where I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's well, a good point. I didn't, I didn't dissect along. that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Hey, what did you think of uh, Kingpin's portrayal in this? I I really love how he looks. It looks like the comic book. Looks like the comic book. I love the uh, I I love kind of the shadowy uh, existence of the character. You know, just kind mm-hmm. of lurking over things, and because we only see him in two scenes, right? Like he's he he's in that scene with uh, Norman, uh, yes, where he's kind of he's basically telling he's telling the audience who he is and what yeah. it's about, right. And then there's the and then there's like the epilogue scene where he talks to Alistair about Spider-Man basically getting destroyed. vengeance for right. uh, for what happens to his dad. But no, but I, I really I really like that. Um, yeah, I, I did too. I, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping that there's plenty of kingpin in this series. I haven't looked ahead as far as you know uh, um, future villain appearances or anything like that. But I I, I, I wouldn't mind not, I, I wouldn't mind seeing plenty of him. 
So yeah, yeah. you won't be disappointed. And I also like the voice characterization of, of Kingpin as well. Yeah. Really nice job. Really nice yeah, job. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I think we agree with all this, uh, with this whole episode. You you enjoyed the heck out of it, and it seems like I did too. Is that safe to say? I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, I want to harken back a, a little yeah. bit to what you were saying about like the good uh, fan service that's going on here and everything like that, because I I wondered aloud as I'm writing my notes, are, are kid, this, is, this aired on the Fox Kids Network, mm-hmm. and I was like, God, are kids really truly definitely the audience for this show you know mm-hmm. and you mean you you kind of you said you know or, or is it is it for the the longtime spider-man fans who obviously are not going to be little kids like little kids haven't had time to read all these comic books right right exactly you know they, they're so the so the uh, being for the fans is one thing but then i'm also like looking at how complex like the relationships between the villains are and you know, it's like, boy, it's really like airtight storytelling in yeah. this episode. Like, it's really, really well done mm-hmm. to the extent that, yeah, grownups are, are can easily get into this. And I'm just wondering if maybe maybe grownups are really actually the audience for this. I, th- I think they became... What do you think of that? I mean, is that reasonable yeah, to I, assume I, in 1994? I, I think if I was like six or seven when this show came out, mm-hmm. I probably would have been bored by it because there's like real teenage issues in it, especially mm-hmm. as the show goes on okay. that, that okay. Peter and, and the gang have to get through um, there. Gotcha. These two episodes together. Um, well, the first two I'm saying mm-hmm. very action packed mm-hmm. and probably wouldn't have lost my interest, but later on with what I've seen, I think it would have been, Okay. I, I would have gotten a little more bored. So I don't think like a six or seven year old would watch it, but I would say like a 11, 12 year old boy and older, uh-huh, I think uh-huh. would have loved it back yeah, then. Yeah. And and okay. here I am 44 years old watching it <laughs> right, and right. liking it just as much as I did, you know, in 1994. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, um yeah, I it's hard to say who the demographic was, mm-hmm. um, but I think they, it skew it definitely, I'll say this, it definitely skews older than the other two series yeah. we've watched. Oh, Would for you sure. Agree with that? For sh- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I wonder about as as I'm pondering that question is you know, is this where they kind of where where producers are kind of are they willing yet to to admit to themselves, well, we're making this for fans and for older viewers or are they do you think that they're still like in the boardroom in 1994 saying, "Oh yeah, we're making a kids show." You know, it's like, well, right. it's it like older people could get into it if they like this stuff. But it, it's a kid's show. Like, I, I feel I like it, yeah. I feel like it's more like it's more acceptable now for older adults like us to still be into animation and to, right. you know, and to be into comic books, frankly. I mean, uh, right. w- with everything that's happened since. But I wonder if they were already cognizant of that and were just like, you know, that's who we're really making this show for. It's really hard to say because of the fact that it was on the Fox Kids Network. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's the one side of the coin so that it's for kids. But then the other side of the coin is around the same time, we got the Batman animated series, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. to me would skew even older than this series, yeah, uh, if yeah. I had to say. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to tell. Or if they're sitting in a boardroom and saying, who's our audience? Or if they're just saying, you got greenlit to make a Spider-Man animated series. And then they, they the network like laid off. Yeah. Let, yeah. Like, let them do their thing. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know if that happened in the 90s you know right, with right. a new show but there are a lot of shows that become established and they can do what they want mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I i guess to answer your question shortly jason 
I don't know. <laughs> but, it, but it's fun to think about, it's, right? It's interesting to think about, and it'll be interesting to continue uh, kind of watching for, you know, if you, you're telling me that there are episodes that kind of uh, start dealing with more teenagery issues, yep. you know, that's definitely something that on kids programming they're gonna they're they're gonna start looking for eyeballs i think as young as 11 you Mm -hmm. know to be into that kind of stuff um and then uh i kind of see where it goes from there but it's it's interesting to watch for uh to me one other thing i will say that i that i didn't i i thought this episode was overall very strong Mm -hmm. one one other thing that i thought was just kind of not that I didn't like it, but it's it's sort of a it now here in the future. It it makes it really feel like it, it's a moment in time here where at the end they have this like the 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 cliffhanger, so to speak, that that this ends on. Yes, really not a cliffhanger, right? Like it's like it's the most it, it's like a it's like a rock solid cliff that they're standing on. Like right, they're not right. Kingpin and Alistair are not hanging off the edge of that cliff. Spider-Man's not on a cliff or anything like that. But it's like, but they, the you know, Kingpin and Alistair have that interaction at the end where Kingpin's like, well, I want to, I want you to work for me. We're going to get vengeance on Spider-Man. And then they, then they're like, to be continued, dot, dot, dot. And I just, I <laughs> feel like, I feel like now if this show was being produced, there's no way they would put that tag on there. Like, right. like that's not a to be continued moment. That's just... That's just what we expect from TV shows, right? right? You would you would watch it and you would think, oh, well, that's what this show is going to be about. Then, well, we, is Kingpin and Alistair against Spider Man? Like that's yeah, gonna be the yeah. show. That's and the even plot. if you did, and even if you didn't see that the next week, you'd be like, well, we'll get back to that. You know, it's like they, right. It's just it it made me it just made me really cognizant of the the way that audiences have changed. You know, and the yeah. way we view TV has changed. Yeah, um, I think I think yeah. this is. Back in the 90s, when 1994, the term binging was nowhere near no. being a, a TV no. thing. It was it meant something completely different. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's interesting. I know we're watching one episode a week, but if you and I were watching this whole season in like a weekend or two, uh-huh. like bin- binging it, as people say now, it would feel different than if we were binging, you know, an episode like Daredevil. Now, yeah, or yeah. one of the new Marvel shows. Mm-hmm, Hawkeye mm-hmm. is the most recent one where it right. is a continuous story. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know what the shift is or was in that, but I feel like even kids, quote unquote, kid shows now mm-hmm. are still serialized, not yeah, episodic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 very interesting. Yeah, because you're right. To be continued is, I think that's just kind of at this point like a cliche, right? You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> like it's not even a thing that that exists in writers' room anymore. It's, right, it would be considered lazy writing and faux pas. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, so that it's just it's just kind of interesting. But I mean, yeah, overall, I I really I really liked this episode a lot. I gave this one a rock solid for radioactive spiders. I did too. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. all the seeds that were planted. I loved the tone of it, and I really I'm looking forward to see where this goes even if it wasn't a to be continued i'd <laughs> right, still be excited right. for it <laughs> yeah i agree i agree we are going to uh 
uh, pick up those three dots uh, right away Ooh. next week. It will be continued, don't it'll, you worry. It'll be continued immediately. Uh, the return <laughs> of the Spider Slayers is happening in Episode 3, so uh, we'll do that uh, next time. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to Spider-Man and his amazing fans. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app. Follow us on Twitter at BKO Radio and like the show on Facebook. Reach us by email, spideyfanspodcast at gmail.com. Most importantly, if you enjoyed it, share with a friend. 